What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Caleb Pearson. Joining me once again, the lovely Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I am doing very well. Thank very you. Very good. And Thank today's you. Today's background are lilacs. Last week were, uh, was the azaleas that were blooming out front, and now lilacs are blooming at my house. So for that those of you who are excellent. viewing, you get to, you can't smell them. Internet, but they are quite fragrant. That is awesome. Spring has sprung. Joining us once again, Mark Francis. Mark, how are you doing, brother? Excellent. I'm Good. doing really well. You know, just wrestling and struggling with these internet connections always. So yeah, it's. So, it, it, is it offensive to you if I say I'm sick of seeing you on Zoom? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Well, that, that's this, that's fine. I'll, I'll take it. You know, <laughs> sick of seeing me. Period. When the no, ends I, there, then I wouldn't call dare. You out, I wouldn't dare. Those are thoughts I keep to myself. You got to finish uh, the thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, joining us for I believe just the second time, maybe the third. Uh, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Pastor Student Ministries, Dennis McNutt. Dennis, how you doing, brother? Doing good. This is the second time. My first okay. time, I looked like the Incredible Hulk. Remember? That's right. You you had that Ghost Recon out. Yeah, the there was something crazy going on with yeah. my camera. Now it it sounds like you've got the internet working out in the boonies from what I we do. talked about before recording. But and what is oh. draped over your chair? Yeah, I was just terrible that. You know, Alicia has uh, beautiful that, flowers. Mark Francis has a cross over his shoulder, the cross and a crown. And I well, got, that's the I, idea, right? We have Steelers fans. Towel. We have Steelers fans, the need for the cross, and then flowers after the fact. It's, it's <laughs> Those a whole... three things go seem to fit very well. You know? <laughs> uh, but Man, it's good to see you guys. Um, hopefully, we don't have to Zoom uh, much longer. Um, as I'm sure you three are aware, the church is regathering this weekend. Are, how are we feeling about all that? Are we excited? Feeling pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It's, it is go time. But, you know, I mean, but also still, I still feel bad, though, that there's plenty of people that really can't physically meet. Right. So, you know, I, I, I balance my enthusiasm with still understanding that, you know, it, it's still going to be something that is going to be a gradual process for people. Yeah. And um, yeah. But, you know, the idea of gathering is is something that we now have a stronger desire for, I hope. You know, that, man, it's been that long that we, we've gotten able to, to get around and worship together, see people, see the family, you know, that's where the body of Christ coming together. Yeah, and, um, buddy. I'm yeah it's not, it. not video. So no, Alicia, what are the battalions doing this weekend? Have you guys decided? Yes. So we're going to be one of those families who are going to remain at home. Uh, the nature of my husband's job requires that we continue to be isolated as much sure. as possible. So um, we're just not quite to the point yet where we can go out as a family and be enclosed in a space uh, like that. So we'll be worshiping from again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing wrong but with that. Yeah, that's understandable. Let me, let me say this. We, our small group met last night uh, in person for the first time a while ago, for a, for a while. Uh, and we sat six feet apart in a circle outside and it was such a joy to be together <laughs> and to see actual faces rather than over Zoom and uh, just to experience real genuine fellowship was a really, it was a blessing. It really That's was. Awesome. 
That's awesome. Dennis is going to be weird. There's no, uh, no student ministry going on on a Sunday morning. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. So yeah. we're, we'll have to wait a little bit longer for that, but I'm excited to be there. You know, there's, there's a sign up genius where you can volunteer because there's a lot of extra help going to be needed cleaning in between services and just, uh, to, to manage this. And so I've signed up to be a greeter out in the parking lot, which I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully I'll see a bunch of youth and be able to just say hi to That's them true. as they come in. And What time slot are you doing that? I'm going to do all three services. So. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm, I'm doing I that. Wanted to, I just wanted to be there. Yeah, no, the that's awesome. Lot, and, you know. Are you going to be holding up signs that say honk if you like the Steelers? I mean, <laughs> I might have Please to no. a terrible towel. Please. Over my <laughs> you know, I'm not going to attend all three services, but I wanted to, okay, I got you. to you know, greet people as they come in. And, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll be doing that uh, for the 10, 1030 into the 11 o'clock service. So that'll be fun to see everyone. Yeah. But that is like a little little secret that we're revealing. I mean, we're going to hopefully have people flooding the parking lot when we come in. It's going to be a celebration. We're going to have people out there holding signs and banners saying, welcome home. We're going to have some balloons. It's going to be a fun celebratory time just to say, hey, we're getting back together. And um and and you know what what you also said, Dennis, that we need we need people to help. Yeah. So there's still plenty of slots, not necessarily just even holding signs, but just checking people in, um, being an usher, just being somebody to to hold the doors open so that way people won't have to touch the doors themselves. There's the a cleaning, lot of cleaning up in between and services. They're gonna need cleaning, cleaning between services. So go online, yeah. go to fbcva.life well, and hit that red bar and see all the different yeah. opportunities and, for to speak to that, I mean, uh, there seems to be almost a hundred of you that watch the video, and then hundreds of you that that listen on the go as well. If you're at all concerned about, oh, the church is reopening, I mean, it's pretty nailed down to a science. It's going to be cool to see everybody serve, and and we're, we'll make sure it's legit and appropriate, and you know, we'll follow all the policies and procedures. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. You know, it'll be a slow, like you said, Mark, slow process getting back to normal, but at least it's starting. You know, like I'm so glad the month of May. Uh, it's going to have the worst of it at the beginning of the month uh, as far as quarantine and then hopefully signs of recovery by the end. So I think that's a that's a blessing. But why don't we go ahead, uh, jump into a Sunday in review. Uh, Pastor Dennis coming to us from the pulpit. Uh, Dennis, it looked like you were looking around the room a little bit more this time. Were there people there at all? You know, I think there were three people in the room. Okay. And uh, it was comforting to me to have faces to look at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. Right. I'm sure it was. So yeah, share with us a little bit about where we were, uh, what we were talking about, and then Mark, Alicia, and I can can dive in with some thoughts as well. Yeah, sure. So uh, Mark had asked me to. We had talked about uh, me doing another week here in this Roman series, and uh, and had talked about do just doing a little deeper dive in the concept of life because it's so integral, and Paul uses life and death. Uh, so much through the book of Romans, and especially as we get out of chapter five and the six, seven, eight. And uh, so just thought it was worth uh, a week kind of outside of the verse by verse through Romans, just to just to kind of have us all rethink and, and look at that concept from God's standpoint and what that means. Uh, what is life? What is death? And how does it tie into the themes that we've been seeing through Romans? Um, and so that was the goal. It's just a just to uh, kind of sidestep out and look at a bigger picture and look at that concept. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't really a word study per se, but a, more of a conceptual, what is the concept of life and death in scripture? And, uh, and, and just to, to uh, play that out a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. Alicia, I mean, what were, what were some of your thoughts and uh, as far as engaging with the, with the sermon this weekend? 
Well, I think that it can be summed up with basically one sentence of the true meaning of life is that intimate, experiential, right relationship with Christ. Uh, and so you did you did a good job talking about the 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 deception from Ben and Adam and Eve, but then really honing in on what the true meaning of life is, the eternal life in Christ. That's good. And one thing, one thing that I liked was, and even going back, I, I went to find the sermon notes online, which for those of you that don't know, you can find the sermon recorded and also sermon notes. Uh, Dennis, do you, do you send those notes that are uploaded? Do you know, or are they made? No, I make them and then okay. send them. You know, okay. Jennifer Wiseman's getting on my case as the week. Later, <laughs> later, like, hey, you got to get the, your sermon notes into me. So yeah. I got those into her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was looking at those and it's cool because you jumped all over the place, which you kind of need to, right? I mean, that whole idea of understanding life and death, I, well, what stood out to me in this sermon was just the, you expounded on the lies we, we hear. And, and if we're not careful, here's what we think life is, or here's here's what we simply think death is. But it's it's so much more than that. There's that spiritual component. Um, spiritual death becomes the hallmark of physical life, as you said. And so that was something that was refreshing for me to hear because we can hammer, you know, people expect to go into church and say like, true life is in Jesus. But to talk also about the death or about the specific examples where we think we're alive, but we're really not that kind of opens up our eyes to that, what, like you said, uh, Alicia, an intimate, right relationship with Jesus. So I got to pause you right there because, man, that's, so two thoughts. Yeah. We had, in our community group, we, we have lots of good debates. And, uh, and I'll tell you, there's debates about having an outline or not even having an outline. That was one of our heated <laughs> conversations last night. Because there's some people who want to just hear it, glean it, and then really understand it and let the Holy Spirit speak to them. And then there's other people who are like, the outline is like, kind of a, a, a vice that is like, okay, that's holding out. Is he at this point yet? And is he at that point or not? <laughs> and, and, but what you just said, Caleb, you quoted something from his outline that actually I was going to ask about because give some, un unpack this, that statement, spiritual death is now the hallmark of physical life. I got to tell you, I don't, I, it is, I can't wrap my head around that yet. I mean, I, I certainly know where the sermon was going, but can you just, Give some more thought to what that really means and and, and help help our community group out because that was one of the questions. Um, sure. But yeah, spiritual death is now the hallmark of physical life. Right. Yeah. So I I I, I worded that as I as I kind of meditated on uh, really the Adam and Eve experience. Um, you know, God. When I, go back and I look, think of it in this concept and the relationship they had and then that broken. And God said, in the day you eat of uh, that fruit, you will die. So they were dead, um, but they were still physically alive. And, and there's an element of that, of God's, and, and I think that comes from Romans 2 verse 4, where God's restraining his, the, the fullness of that wrath. God restrains him, uh, that. He doesn't fully pour out his wrath on Adam and Eve. So they still experience physical life, and they still experience marriage even after that, and they still experience some relationships. They have children, but then, but they, but it's marked by this spiritual death. And so, um, it was neat for me to, as I prepared for this, to consider Adam and Eve, and their experience when Cain killed Abel. You know what a family dynamic 
there where your your firstborn son is killing another son of yours and that experience of spiritual death the brokenness in relationships like they they no longer had the family even a family unity like it should be um and so so for their experience of life even though that god had uh he through his mercy and his long suffering he uh, he doesn't allow them to experience the fullness of death and so they're they are expelled from the garden, and now it's sweat and toil and tears and the curse. And but they're barred from entry into the garden where the tree of life is, so they no longer can experience that intimacy with God. And so, as they go through the rest of their physical life, ultimately to physically die, which is part of you know part a result of that fall. Um, those years are now marked by this this spiritual death that's around them, and um, you know. So I didn't. I was trying to think of a way to word that where it's, I mean, it's true. We still are physically alive. And I think it's even true, even for unbelievers, there's a taste of spiritual life. They, you know, unbelievers can experience relationships that, you know, the Bible says it rains on the ungodly as well as the godly. God brings forth his blessings on the righteous and the unrighteous. And so to that extent, mankind still experience you know god hasn't allowed them to the full experience of death in, in order that there would be repentance which is the the reason that paul gives us in romans 2 and um, it may seem sim it may seem so simple but there's so many layers to these words that you're trying to say you know humanity thinks they can define life or death or maybe they can't touch it but really when we're looking at the biblical perspective there's these layers of what is spiritual death and what is eternal life and and even really looking at it of kind of these little mini deaths i remember hearing john morrison give sermons years ago of these little mini deaths that can occur in our life but at the same time we can all experience these these life moments as well in our lives by walking through the spirit and and allowing his power to lead us and guide us and there's that is true eternal life that we're experiencing here and now so there's just so many cool layers of life and death that at first glance oh it seems so simple but man it is it's deep yeah another aspect of that that was interesting um adam and eve example and as soon as is the relational aspect of the spiritual death and how immediately they had they were experiencing that relational spiritual death between one another they ate the fruit they were naked and they were ashamed and they were experiencing that relational spiritual death with their creator they hid from God. And so just that one act, that introduction of sin into this perfect creation, it is a re- is a relational, uh, very relational dynamic of that outplaying of that spiritual and physical death. It's, it's relational, uh, which then I think really ties in with the solution to is our what is eternal life and that is relationship with our god with our creator and the god i love how you brought the gospel into that because obviously jesus is the only way that we can have right relationship we you know he's given us his righteousness and he's absorbed that wrath that we deserve so that we can be in right relationship with our 
Yeah, and you use a word there I would have liked to have developed more in the sermon is the word righteousness itself. Uh, you know, that that word is a right relationship, you know, so, you know, and, and that can change our viewpoint. Like if we, when we consider that Christ, we have Christ's righteousness, our minds typically will go to, well, that means we meet some checklist of rules, um, which I don't think is the primary thing there. Like he's giving us his right relationship with his father. Like, so when we have the righteousness of Christ, we have the relationship with the father that Jesus has, uh, that full right relationship. And that's, to me, that's an incredible thought. That's even more incredible than saying somehow Jesus met some list of rules for us. Uh, he or, gives us his relationship. Or thinking, or thinking we've met the list. You know, you, right. we, we can compare each other's righteousness. I am more righteous than he. It's like, no, you're, you're understanding the, the road to righteousness anyway. And uh, another thing I, I thought that was good that, that stood out and is important for me to remember is it, who would have thought that the sentence, Jesus died on the cross, could be an understatement. <laughs> but the, the bringing of all of that death, you know, like his physical body, he died, the, the human, you know, died and, and would, would raise again. But the, the, the consequences of death were all laid out on the cross. And so when we understand that, we can appreciate that sacrifice a little bit more. Because especially for youth or for students or for young kids, like you can just picture like, okay, there was, God sent his son to die and raise again for us. But you forget the brutality and the totality of that death and, and what that sin warranted, which is just, it's eye-opening. Yeah, that's another concept you could have spent the whole sermon on. I mean, the, right. hatred, the hatred of mankind mm -hmm. towards one another, yeah. so much so that we are willing to kill God himself on a cross. You know, that's how broken our relationship is. Uh, the, you know, and not only is he God himself, he's our brother, right? He's man in the, he's God in the flesh. So at, at, in the same instance, we are, we are pouring out the hatred of man towards one another and towards God right there on the cross. And, and Jesus experiences the fullness of that. And the true death he experienced. I mean, he, the physical death. But then that spiritual separation, I mean, we can't even kind of just fathom mm. all of humanity and the death and the wrath of God that was poured on him for that to be satisfied on our behalf. That, mm. Yeah, that, that, I mean, just those few days that he was going through, whatever, that, <laughs> that, that torment and that separation just must have been just incredible, you know, mm -hmm. but, but. To, the focus on death, though, is one aspect, but I still like to focus on the life. And you were talking earlier just about that, the concept of righteousness and righteous. And the word righteous, you know, you, you kind of hearken back to the Romans 1 passage that is the righteous man shall live by faith. And it just kind of this one off. You said shall live by faith. And that to me was a, a little light bulb moment because, you know, I can I can live for work or I can live for, you know, my family and I can live for liking ice cream. You know, that's the concept that I think of the word live in that state. But live meaning eternal life and salvation, justification, the righteous shall live, shall have eternal life by faith. That, to me, just that it unpacks those few words so much more with that layering of eternal life, that layering of what righteous is, and then how it's just by faith. I mean, you can go back and look at all the other passages of like Ephesians 2, 8, you know, it's by grace and faith alone, you know, nothing that we've done. And that righteous man is now living by faith. Mm -hmm. And quoting an Old Testament passage in that context too, yeah, which, is, which is cool. Yeah. yeah.
So that was my light bulb moment. So there you go. That's <laughs> very good. So in uh, when you were talking about how believers can still be deceived, great lie, and you brought in the Romans 6 passage, 6, 21 through 23. And in the ESV version, I'm going to read it because I thought it was really interesting because it uses, uh, some of the versions use the word benefit, but the ESV uses the word fruit. And it says, but what fruit or benefit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed for the end of those things is death so like when we're eating that fruit that forbidden fruit that just leads to death but now that you've been set free from sin and to become slaves of god fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord and so that the that word fruit just really jumped out at me and i just i just think about the choices every day that i have to what tree am i going to pick from am i going to pick from the the tree of life or am i being tempted by the the deceiving forbidden fruit and there's those little choices throughout the day um where you know that my savior saying choose life i have I have given my life for you to, you know, to choose me. This is, this is the fruit. This is the fruit. Taste and see that I am good. And um, so anyway, just with the whole downer of the wages and sin and death of all that, we've been given this free gift by God that is eternal life. And it's eternal but we also like on the eternal spectrum we get to experience that now we have access to that living life-giving fruit now yeah very good I, and i didn't touch on it but verse two i mean where when we get back into romans chapter six verse two how how do we have, who have died to sin still find still live in it so there's this idea and it concludes with the thought you you jumped to exactly is you know that's kind of that thought of Romans six. How are we going to still find life in 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 the things that we know bring death? Uh, you know, and so it's this call all to believe the truth that life is found in Christ. So, you know, that it, it begs the question of can we still live that way? Well, yeah, but why 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 seek to live? Why seek for life in the things that we know only bring death? Um, and I think that's why it's valuable to to harp on this concept of understanding life and understanding death to really truly know that as for ourselves so we can then apply it to our lives because that you know if we're just living a typical worldly perspective of that definition of life and death we're just thinking the here and now you know we're thinking this temporary this flesh and then when some you know somebody dies that we know okay we're sad and they're gone and out of sight out of mind and and there's this eternal perspective to have both for life and for death and and that is something that we should be uh, aware of because then we can use it just like what you said, Alicia and Dennis too. You're touching on it uh, for Romans six, seven, and eight of how we're to walk in our life today. Now, well, there's there's a difference there of uh, having eternal life and being a child of God versus experiencing eternal life and living like a child of God. I mean, we we to understand that. I mean, it speaks to Dennis, your conclusion on Sunday, just the, the reflection questions of where are you believing the lie? You know, the lie that the devil has put forth since the beginning that often speaks to 
what makes you think God knows what he's talking about when he says these things to you? And, and where else in your life are you looking to find life, which isn't always, you know, one sole thing distracting you or one agenda, but it just could be anything where you're, what am I doing right now? And why am I doing it? Am I seeking fulfillment in this, whether it be a relationship or, or a task or whatever? Um, if you find yourself drained without that thing, it's probably you're acting as if that thing is a source of life. And, and that is, that's been helpful for me to think about as I, as I look back on the, the reflection questions. So um, I don't know if you guys have heard yet, but Ravi Zacharias died today. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a quote of his, and I'm going to read it. Um, the story of the gospel is the story of eternal life. My life is unique and will endure eternally in God's presence. I will never be no more. I will never be lost because I will be with the one who saves me. And I just think that that is such a, you know, it just really brings home this concept of what you were talking about of what is the meaning of life. And it's that relationship of forever with Christ. Hmm. That's really good. When a lot of people are, you know, as they share their thoughts for Ravi and the, his passing, the people are so thankful that he took on academia. Uh, he, he knew how to debate and how to handle himself um, in so many different areas. And it speaks to that idea of knowing Jesus, you know, not just knowing scripture, knowing what Christianity is, but and he had the enough of an experience and an intimacy with Christ to where it wouldn't, those things wouldn't phase him. And, and I think that is what people are seeing when they, you know, when they look at it was right now, it's here's how I was impacted by Ravi. Here's how, and it's just so cool to see, that happened. I mean, the same thing happened with when Billy Graham, you know, a couple of years ago or whenever that was. It's just really cool to to see the body of Christ come around. That person knew knew Christ. Now, for me, the the evidence for from Ravi's life, something I loved about him is, and and to me, this speaks to this life concept. I mean, it wasn't the intellectual side of yeah, he could debate these things and he had a lot of answers and could explain them extremely well. My favorite thing about Ravi was the the gracious, loving uh, mm -hmm. care for the people that he would engage with, and yeah. and that is life. I mean, you know, that's the you know that that's more you know this question been asked before: Would you rather be right or righteous? Mm -hmm. Well, you know that because that loving care that he would answer questions with, and the care, the careful uh, way he would handle somebody's heart. In a question, um, just an example for all of us. I just always appreciated that about Robbie. It's really good. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, so where I mean, where do we go from here, guys? What does it What does it look like um, to to apply this sermon? I mean, I, I feel like, in, in, to a certain degree, you know, the church life, the church life is going to be starting up, so to speak, for people uh, mm -hmm. this weekend and over the next couple of weeks. How can we? How can we be motivated by not just what Dennis talked about this this weekend, but also start to digest everything that's happened in the world over the last couple of months? What's a what's a good take home? Uh, well, I have something that uh, I read an article in uh, I believe it was in the Gospel Coalition, something that they had put in, put out, but hmm. it was an article by a girl named Sarah Barrett, and she was writing to graduates which we have all of these graduating 
high schoolers and college people and all of that. And this is a very unique time for them to be graduating in a pandemic and all that that encompasses. Um, but I just really loved the, towards the end of her article, she writes, Christians have a life purpose that goes beyond the job they have or the degree they hold. The purpose is to glorify God in all we do. As I say in my book, Love Riot, for centuries, scholars and philosophers have debated and pondered the question, what is the purpose of life? The answer is already spelled out in scripture. The purpose of life is to live for God, to know him, to love him, and share his love with others. In other words, to live is an opportunity. Christ is the opportunity. To die is gain. Christ is the gain. So whether we live or die, we 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 around Christ. He is the meaning of life. And then she goes on and she just talks about whether we're celebrating graduation or a job or maybe a job we don't land or whatever comes our way, Christ is still the meaning of our life. And so whatever disappointments we have, encouragements we have, remember, we need to always be remembering who is the meaning of our life. Um, and that our lives have greater purpose than the what's happening right now in the here and now. There's a bigger picture, and it's all about Christ. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'll use your question, Caleb, to kind of give an answer of like where we go from here, but also segue into these next couple of weeks um, of our worship times because we are gathering once again, and that's going to be an exciting time. But when we apply what it looks like to live out the Christian life, when we apply that, we are experiencing eternal life in this here and now. And and it's more than just corporate gatherings. It's more than just a once a week thing. It's a daily experience with Christ. And that's something that we're going to hopefully um, just use these next several weeks to kind of stress that, that a personal relationship with God goes beyond just saying, checking the box and I attended church or checking the box and say, okay, I read my Bible today. It's what does that really look like on a personal level of worship on a day-to-day basis? And how are we as a church? How are we as a, as, as a believer worshiping God regularly? And, and Mark is going to dive into this idea of the church and the calling of the church, not the building, not the place, you know, but we, the body of Christ, and what is our calling? And so I think what we will see is what you just read, Alicia, our, part of our calling is to glorify God and display his glory to the world around us. And so we can only do that when we have that relationship with God, when we're living out that personal walk and we are driving down the road and, and singing a worship song in our head, or if we're studying a scripture verse and we're like, oh, wow, I, I can apply that right now. And that's going to actually help do something with my work or my life or my family, and I can actually show the life of Christ to others around us. I think that these next few weeks, we're, we're going to actually divert a little bit from Romans. Um, we're going to get into this idea of what is the church and what are we called to do will really help apply what we're talking about right here and now, hmm. which will then push us into Romans 6, 7, and 8, which I'm excited about because, uh, I mean, we all know Mark Carey, and he lives and breathes Romans 6, 7, and 8. He's been chomping at the bit to get there. But we're putting a pause on it because I think this concept of who we are as a church 
is so important to kind of take this Romans 5.21 as a springboard and push us into then show, okay, what are we called to do? How are we supposed to live our life? And and how do we do that together as a body of Christ, not just once a week? So that's that's what I'm going to be excited to hear and do as we do it corporately. Or if we're like the Tyler family, we're still staying at home, we're going to get a chance to really encourage each other in that way. Snap, that flows out of that concept of life so well. I mean, I, you know, the idea in First John of the love of for God and the love for others cannot be separated. These are flip sides of the same coin. And, and in that John 17, 3 verse where Jesus defines eternal life as knowing him, the rest of that prayer is devoted to prayer for the unity mm-hmm. of the believers. And, the, and those, so those are not divergent concepts. Like it is in the fellowship with the one another's. It is in the unity. It is in the learning how to forgive and show grace and be merciful to others and and love one another that we experience life and it is that life that is the testimony that is the light to the world and um so it's going to be a neat uh you know next couple weeks it's just a good time for us to consider Hmm. what that means as we regather as a church as we've gone through these months where it has looked different than it uh normally has and so yeah so mark's going to spend a little bit of time uh diverted away from that um but not really, you know. It's, yeah, right, right. <clears throat> this is, uh, you know, it just all ties together really, really well. So one final thing before we go. Uh, what restaurant are you most excited to have reopen? <laughs> okay, Mark Francis, let's hear it. Well, you know, I've been attending and frequenting my typical restaurants, and I'll get my takeout. But I got to be honest with you. I mean, there nothing beats La Coretta. And so my Mexican food and Mexican salsa, yeah. I have gotten and I have gone and picked up, but there is still something about just being there in See, the, and getting amen. my unlimited chips and salsa. Because amen. when I go pick it up, it is not unlimited. Dude. I need my salsa. This is a total God thing because yesterday my fiance says, let's just go to La Coretta and get takeout. I said, what? I'm not butchering the La Coretta experience with takeout. <laughs> it, it, it is a little unfortunate because yes, it's not butchered. You still get good service Some and good quality, sure. but just you, you got to be there. You know, yeah, and yeah. that's a very good chips. answer. That's a very good answer, Mark. Dennis, try to top it. Let's go. Uh, I'm looking forward to a Thursday sweet nolas uh, shrimp. Sweet nolas! Oh gosh, sweet nolas yeah. is so good. I uh, have not eaten at sweet nolas. Oh it's man, good. you got to go on a Thursday. You only serve. It's good any day, but. Thursday on Thursday is the shrimp and grits, and it is out of this world. It is it's definitely unique to town. I mean, there, there's nothing yeah. else like it in Winchester. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Alicia? Uh, one of our little favorite date places is the Butcher Nation in the Creekside. It's just this teeny little place, but uh, we really, really like it. We like the atmosphere. We like the lady who owns it and operates it. And yeah. So, Awesome. Station. That's sweet. Uh, your boy is missing Nori Japan from the mall. Wow. <laughs> I know that's disappointing. That's, and I know I'm showing my to, age. Yeah. <laughs> speaks that, that to who a, you are. And, yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is a little Dude, disappointing. That, it is so good. It is so <laughs> delicious. Okay. I know it's barely a restaurant. It's probably not true authentic Japanese food, but uh, it is so good. 
Uh, well, thank you guys so much for being here, you three. Uh, just remember, shout out to all you listeners out there. You can be a part of the conversation over at fbcva.life slash sermon spotlight. You can send us any questions or comments. And again, the video goes up on YouTube, uh, audio format out to everywhere you take us. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. Awesome. Thank you, guys. So how, many of you you. Were, how many of you were ones that shouted 42 out there this time? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I, I had no idea what you're talking about. I was clueless. <laughs>